Hey there guys, welcome to Money and Investing and this week in our show we are going to look at the difference between a pullback, a crash and a correction. How is coronavirus affecting the market? What can you be doing right now? What should you be doing right now? And more importantly, where do we see the economy and the opportunity going on the back of this? I think this one's going to be here to stay, not in terms of the virus, but I think the knock-on effects of this may well be. We're going to be dealing with that very shortly, so we'll look forward to seeing you in the show. Hey there guys, welcome to Money Investing with me, your host, Andrew Baxter, and of course my offsider, Mr. Mitchell Orenshaw. That's me, Mr. Baxter, how are you? Fantastic, thank you, yourself? Can't complain, we've got a really, really ripping topic to get into today. I'm sure we have. We've got three main things we're gonna cover. We're gonna cover a market pullback, a market correction, and a market crash. Blimey, okay. Wow, Some dun dun dun, you're ready for the dynamic music. Well, it sounds pretty exciting, doesn't it? And let's face it, the way we've seen the stock market this week, you know, I've been in this game now for nearly 30 years, and you can count on less than one hand the number of times you're gonna see this sort of week uh, in, in over that time frame. So it really is A, very topical, B, an area where there are a lot of misbeliefs around, and C, extremely emotionally charged. And that's something we really need to address because that emotional control in these sorts of times of uncertainty is the sort of thing that separates the winners from the losers when it comes to trading and investing. Absolutely, and, and with this whole coronavirus stuff going on, I mean, this market has been a roller coaster. The Dow's up 5%, down 4%, it's crazy. And I think a lot of people have that as misconceived conceptions about what it actually means. Mm. So why don't we start off by getting just a couple of definitions. Let's start off with a pullback, probably the most least okay. scary thing, a pullback. Yeah. Okay, so if we, if we go by order of size, so you have a pullback in the market, it's maybe three or 4% over, and, and you can expect that sort of thing to happen fairly regularly. You know, Every few months, you're gonna ha have that pullback. The way I'd probably describe it in simple terms, and certainly not to be condescending, but to, to really get the point across that this is normal, um, is what we call buyer fatigue. So if we've had a market that's been making new highs and has been trending higher, imagine yourself running up a hill. Um, at some point, you're gonna have to stop, put the hands on the knees, have a bit of a breather before you get to go again. And that's exactly what we have when we have a market pullback. Totally expected, probably every three to four months, maybe a, a, an order of a percentage, maybe three or 4% overall, over maybe two or three or four trading sessions. Okay. And uh, perfectly normal, expected, and it's part of the journey in the stock market. So it's almost like just a really short pause. Yeah. Just taking a breath of fresh air. Exactly right. It's, wow. like, the, it's like the breaks before the show uh, recommences. Exactly uh, right. Well, it could be buying, buying right. opportunities at those times, right? Certainly can be. If you're into something that's trending well, um, those sort of pullbacks are often what investors look for to be able to buy in on a dip and, and take a little bit more out of it. And uh, Sorry, no, and that's why I know what one of our technical analysts, Andrew Gibbs, specializes in. He's a ninja at picking those picking those. Absolutely. Numbers. The guy has got like seventh sense in that space. So <laughs> I, I aspire to be that great at what he does. His inch wide, mile deep skill he's got. There. So that's a pullback, pretty straightforward, pretty meat and potatoes, totally expected in the stock market. Now, the other two are by a different order of magnitude. So let's talk about a correction now. And a correction, depending on whose definition you might look at, anywhere between 10 and say 20% movement over a fairly short order of time. Now, we haven't really had a decent correction in this market for some time. Um, you know, if we think back to um, probably December last year was the ding dong low in the Aussie market, Boxing Day or 27th, I think it was of December was, a, was the ding dong low, where we had a little bit of a drift down and away we've gone to the races again. Now, a correction is obviously a little bit more serious because it typically is fast moving. And it's the sort of thing that for a lot of unskilled or unschooled investors uh, can be very, very unsettling. And to, to give you a comparison, say to property, for example, um, if there's a duff sale in your street, 
you know, maybe down to the fact that the place needed new windows or the garden was untidy or it wasn't prepared properly for the sales campaign. Maybe they didn't get staging of furniture, the photos were a bit average, maybe they've got a really lackluster agent. And you don't really panic when you see one of those in your street. Um, but if you start to get a string of them, then it points towards uh, something of a change in the market sentiment. So a, a correction is not dissimilar to that, where you've got a couple of sort of out of step results. Uh, but the reaction in the stock market is much different because it's so visible. You see it day in and day out, and the media loves it. I mean, you can't go anywhere right now without hearing billions were wiped off. 76 billion was wiped off last night, apparently, from Australian investors. You know uh, where that place. $76 billion has gone, haven't you? Yeah, well, it's well, gone well, to toilet paper. Well, it's gone to <laughs> <laughs> this whole shortage on toilet paper. I mean, you talk about sentiment swings. I mean, look, the market's volatile, but you don't need to go and stock up on that much toilet paper. You're not going to get that nervous about it, are you? But anyway, Absolutely. we'll talk about that in a moment. But, you know, and, and, and a good chunk of that $76 billion is landed in the coffers of some of our clients that have been on the right side of the market. Very, very important to understand this game so you can be there. Um, so, you know, this is serious. Let's make no mistake about it. About that and, and I guess as we go on through this, having got our definitions, we go going further. So corrections tend to 20%, usually pretty quick. Not much fun if you're someone that's bored in at the top. But I think the thing that we've got to acknowledge, if we can look at the Dow Jones index, not the best index to look at, by the way, the S&P 500 is probably a better index. The Dow's only 30 stocks, old school businesses. The S&P 500 much broader. Um, but if we look at the Dow and take that as the proxy that most people know and understand for the US, you know, since 2009, the Dow's up over 300%. Wow. And so seeing 10, 15% given back, not much fun if you're the person that bought at the top, but it can't be wholly unexpected. And we haven't really had a correction, like a good solid correction in markets since 2007, 2009. What goes up must come down. Mm. It only makes sense. Yeah, and that's the sort of time frame. Normally, uh, again, if you look at the statistics on this, um, you know, a market correction, um, usually uh, about every 10 to 12 years, you can expect that kind of pullback in markets. And as I say, we haven't had anything since 2007, so it's been waiting, people have been waiting for it, and now we actually have it. The catalyst for this, that's a little bit more challenging. But again, this is a normal factor of markets. The sun will rise tomorrow. It's not the end of the world. It's just some bark has been taken off. But you need to be nimble-footed with this and not one of those buy and hold, hoping that things will turn around. So I don't think this one's going to turn around that quickly, which I guess then brings us into the third part of this. So we've talked about pullback, correction, crash. Wow. Do we talk about what we're seeing right now as a crash? And, and to my mind, and if we think back to, say, 1987, uh, which was the most famous, the 1929 crash, the 1987 crash, uh, kind of the two big ones that most people refer back to. What we're seeing here, by an order, is nothing close to that. You know, when you see 40, 45% wiped off a market, that's a proper crash. That's crazy. Okay, I and mean, we don't ever want to see that. It's not no. fun, but it's a factor of markets that can happen. So, you know, we're at that correction phase right now. Now, where I think this one is possibly going to be a little bit different, I think we're going to see as Corona becomes less newsworthy. It's 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 worth really acknowledging this too, that a lot of people's sentiment towards the stock market is headline to headline. And, and if you think about it, it's a very poor way of trading. Um, you go back to before Christmas, all you could read about in any of the mainstream media was Brexit. It happened. Prime Minister Boris Johnson got the job done in January. Great job he did too, I might add. Not necessarily because of a political view, but because finally you had leadership where someone provided some clarity, we're gonna do something and got it done. But since that's happened, when was the last time you heard about Brexit? It's drifted off the media's landscape and was replaced with 
Megxit. Megxit. So we're more <laughs> obsessed with chatting about yeah, Harry and Meghan as opposed to Brexit. That was the next piece of news. And right now, coronavirus is the big thing. And don't get me wrong, I live on a plane, so I'm exposed to this probably more than most people when I wear a mask when I fly. I've got a four or five week old baby at home. It would be unconscionable for me to bring some virus back with me. So I'm taking precautions that I can. But at the same time, you, you look at this, this is the, the media hype around these things are largely the sorts of things that can talk yourself into a recession, and that's the direction we're heading in right now, is towards recession, which is very serious. That's where we're gonna probably have a bear market. So, you know, at some point, yeah, more people die from cancer, more people die from the flu. Yes, it's not good. No one really knows enough about it, so there's a level of uncertainty, and markets hate uncertainty. Now, prior to all of this becoming the headline of choice over the last three or four weeks, and I appreciate this might sound a little bit cold, but my job is to steward my clients' money through markets so that they don't get caught up in the emotion here. And so we have to be cold and non-emotive about this. The reality is, yes, it's not good and it's an unknown, but that uncertainty is what's tripping things over. The reality is, prior to all of this happening, we're on track for a recession anyway. Here in Australia, we've been drifting toward it for some time. You can walk along the high street, which is a subject we've covered plenty of times, both sure. in this show and in other media outlets that we work with. And high street spending is, is, is almost anemic. You know, Afterpay has done well because people are looking to spread payments over time. But the reality is so many shops and stores have closed because they don't simply have the foot traffic, people aren't spending. Um, we've got a, a hyper-extended property market where getting finance is very, very challenging. Um, we, we, we have no wage growth to really speak of here. We've got inflation eating away in people's hip pockets, which is really what's disrupted and, and headed us towards this type of economic situation we're in right now. And now, because there's a big headline being coronavirus, the panic that's ensued from that is pushing us headlong straight towards that recession. We were teetering, and now people's panic reaction is gonna push us there. And mark my words, you're gonna see a lot of companies come out and blame coronavirus as the re reason why their business is struggling. I saw a company in the US announced its full year results. It's like coronavirus. It's like, hang on a sec. So you had 50 weeks of non-corona <laughs> trading, uh, and, and, two the weeks, two weeks. and apparently the two weeks that that happened, it killed your business. It's just a flag of convenience. Absolutely. And you're gonna see that happen a lot. Well, there'd be so many businesses that wouldn't even have any exposure to China pretty much whatsoever that would be drawing on this as an excuse, right? But the knock-on effect is, is the challenge here. And this is why the psychology, the nervousness around, you know, pullbacks, corrections, and crashes is so important to understand. We've had a correction. It's not the end of the world. What we are gonna see is ourselves talking ourselves into a recession of some sort. People are bunkering down. They're clearly buying a whole bunch of stuff at the supermarket. <laughs> I mean, this whole toilet roll thing. Ridiculous. Get a B-day. Absolutely. Right? Uh, you know, or, or anyway, we won't go into the specifics of plan B for that. But yeah, <laughs> the, the, the reality is that that, that that psychology, that nervousness, that bunkering down uh, will talk you into a recession. People stop spending because they don't know what's going to happen. This is a time where there needs to be very strong leadership politically, uh, driving people to say, listen, we don't have this virus under control, but it's not as serious people are talking about. Yes, it's not good if you happen to die from it or you're pretty seriously ill, but the fatalities from it, uh, without being cold again, are relatively low compared to, the, say, just normal flu. Um, the get out and spend. Here's a tax cut. Forget about cutting interest rates. And the RBA's decision this week to cut interest rates was the most foolish thing they could have done. Again? Again. Uh, because all it's going to do is continue to drive an overvalued property market. That... Ha that 
that cut is going to affect so many more people in their hip pocket that are people that are savers. If you're a retiree, someone that's got cash deposits or anything that's based on that fixed interest base, your income has taken yet another cut, making it harder for you to spend. So cutting interest rates is not going to stimulate the economy. And it doesn't matter how many times we have this conversation, there are other tools that need to be used. Some are far less palatable from a political perspective. But leadership isn't about popularity. Leadership is about doing what's right at the time. And a tax cut right now that is directed in a very, very strategic way is the sort of thing that's going to help us avoid what's coming, which at the moment, with the current way things are moving, is definitely a recession. And that tax cut could come in the form of, okay, we are going to take uh, 3% off your income tax for the next five months, corona tax, right? But... And there's some administration that goes with it. <laughs> but that doesn't give you your opportunity to go and have time in Bali and do this and that. Very specifically, it's going to have to be spent in a certain way. Mm-hmm. right? It's a tax cut that's been gifted to you. It's not your money. okay? It's been gifted to you by virtue of a tax cut. So we can say how you can spend it. And if you don't want to spend it that way, it's okay. You don't have to spend it. But maybe buying Australian-made goods or putting money back into local business uh, or, or something that's controlled in a way rather than just the Kevin Rudd, here's your $500, go spend it as you will. You can't trust people to do the right thing there. And this isn't about being autocratic, it's about trying to do what we've got to do to put some air in the tires. So if you want to use this to pay utility bill, you can. If you want to use this to, um, to, to buy something, we don't really make anything here in Australia anymore, but in, in the Australian high street, you can. Something along those sorts of lines good use of money. And that's the sort of thing that will defibrillate and pump up what we need out of this economy right now. And, and, it, and my concern more broadly isn't just the immediate headline of now. We've got a correction now. And look, we had a huge night in the Dow last night. It's fascinating. It's like a spectator sport watching the trading going on. And it takes me back to, 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 to my days in London when you see these big moves on a trading floor. But the reality is um, that will pass. The real challenge that's coming is going to be in earnings for these companies in the next quarter, two or three quarters down the track, because companies like Apple, whose production line is all in China, they can't make, they can't, they can't get the components to make their product. I saw and heard a statistic this morning that every month in China, two million televisions are manufactured. Now, last month, 100,000 were made. Oh my God. So you're in a situation where that knock-on effect for businesses that are either TV retailers or the people that use the components and other products are going to feel that. It's going to impact on their sales down the line. And that's going to be the bigger problem with this. And that's why I'm thinking that, you know, if there's good government management right now, there's a good chance that we can avoid a recession per se. But I do think we're going to see a bit of a bear market for a period of time where the stock market may base or it might even go into this drifting pattern for a period of time while we're digesting these earnings and they're not, not going to be earning surprises coming down the track because it's very, very obvious that there are going to be challenges with those down the track. You're not going to make the profit that you used to make if you can't sell the goods you used to sell. It makes sense. Mm. And if we dial it back to trading just for a second mm. here, because then that's what we do. We specialize mm. in that. And we even have a whole course on psychology, mindset, mastery mm. in our advanced options course. So for, any, for anyone who is maybe, you know, maybe new to trading, a lot of our clients who might even be a couple of years in the game, how do you manage the psychology of this roller coaster that we are going through right now? And how do you trade it mm. to actually be successful? Very, very difficult uh, for the Joe bag of donuts on the street to have a go at this, right? <laughs> it, it, it is not an easy thing. 
And that's why building up that emotional control is so critically important to understand that it's a number on a sheet of paper. Yes, it's your money that you've worked hard for, but as soon as you start to think about it as being your money, you're gonna be so emotional about what you choose to do with that. And any time that we make decisions based on what we feel as opposed to what we should do, they're never good quality decisions. So you know, for your average investor right now, I would be reverting to cash and I would be diluting down my holdings. Or if you've got more skill, I would be buying hedge protection, either insurance on your shares using put options, or I'd get some short exposure to the market where you can profit from that market for. Uh, we use a number of exchange traded funds and you know, if people are interested, they can contact us. We can, we can talk them through what they look like and protecting capital you have right now because I don't think this is gonna be a V-shaped recovery. You know, In the US with a 50 basis point cut from the Fed, unprecedented. The Federal Reserve is normally very conservative in terms of how they move on interest rates and to see a sizable move like that, that sort of magnitude, it, again, is unprecedented and it didn't send the right thing to markets in terms of the message because the market should have responded very, very favorably and, and, and immediately reversing when we've got help here. But instead, they've kind of seen the panic in the eyes of the Fed and they've gone, this is more serious than people think. So this is a time for very, very, very strong leadership. So hedging and protecting your position if you're in the market, cashing out if that's an alternate for you, because I do think we're gonna see this one drift lower. For those people playing at a higher level, outright profitable strategy in a bear market. One of the strategies that we pioneered uh, not so long back, in fact, at our last options, advanced options bootcamp, was the M8, where we're looking to generate income in a falling market using some level of leverage. Very, very good strategy. It's a bearish strategy that profits from the fall in the market and gives you the ability to generate income on the way through. Or other more advanced strategies like that, which are outright directional bearish plays, I think are the place to be in. This is certainly no time to be buying on the bounce and it's no time to be trying to win a badge of honor by being brave. You gotta look at this one for what it is. And I do think, and I hate scaremonger marketing, and I'm not saying go buy tuna, put with your toilet <laughs> roll and go and live in the bunker, but be very, very aware of what's coming here. And, and, and I think it's the unknown as opposed to the severity. We've been waiting for a pullback or a correction in this market since 2007. It's here now. Corona happened to be the thing that delivered the catalyst that broke the camel's back. It's probably gonna have a bit of time that it's a bit uh, soggy on the back of this and notwithstanding the unknown factors around that virus. It's not, sure. like, it's not like September 11th, the tower's got knocked down. Okay, we can see what's done. This is something that's got the potential to, to roll on a bit longer. So look, just as a, on a statistical basis, the average market correction lasts only about three to four months. Mm. Do you think you'll see this one last longer? And you think it'll sort of roll itself into a crash potentially? Gee whiz, you've uh, done your research on this, haven't you? Absolutely. Um, I don't think this is gonna turn into a crash just to be very, very clear on that. That's good news. Um, I think we've seen leg one of a correction, and I think we're gonna see this market bounce around these sort of levels, and let's face it, we're talking about a four or 5% range on a nightly basis in the Dow at the moment. So that, that, that's more than that's facing out, that's unprecedented in terms of volatility. Here's another strategy for you, buy volatility. Trade the VIX index, buy some call options on the VIX index, do some spreads on the VIX index, that will be a smart strategy right now. Um, what I do suspect we're going to see is we've had the correction. We might have a little bit of noise over the coming week or so in regards to that as, we, as the media continue to propagate the story of just how bad this really is. But when people get a bit fatigued with those headlines, I think it'll start to have less of an impact. What I then suspect we're going to see is a bit of a basing. may even see some recovery in the market. And that's always a dangerous time because you think, great, we're back to the races. Let's go again. Let's get back in. And I don't know that that would necessarily be the strategy. It's easy to talk about that now because we can't see what the chart looks like. We can't see what the factors are gonna look like in three months. And I'm not an analyst. 
I never have been, I'm a trader. And so the difference is an analyst tries to guess what's gonna happen, a trader trades what's happening. So we're gonna look at what's going on in the current window right now. But if things were to settle down and we start to see a bit of a recovery in the market in say two or three months time, I'd be very, very cautious about blindly buying on that because I do think those earnings shocks and the shockwaves around that earnings season in the US in particular, and especially in the technology sector, um, are gonna bite very, very hard. And then you're gonna see perhaps another uh, leg down in this correction that we're seeing right now. Perfect time for a straddle for some of those advanced clients. Absolutely, and again, you know, this is one of those things, there's always a strategy in the trading space that you can be going to. Best investment you can ever make is in yourself to know what those strategies are. And so in these times of conflict or, or uncertainty, as you rightly say, you know, we get into earnings season and we're gonna see some shocks to the downside, well, let's get in some straddles and profit from them because that's what we're here to do is to help our clients do that. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting one, you know, and trying to step out of the headline is very hard when that headline's having a knock-on effect. And it's not just the headline, let's face it, there is a reality to this too. Sure. You know, componentry and supply chains have become very um, extended and, and in, in, in an attempt to generate more income for shareholders and greater earnings and, and, and higher profitability, the robustness of the model has been compromised to an extent where you've now, as Apple say, got country risk with China because so much stuff comes out of there. Something like this may be a catalyst for review for many companies and a lot of countries, and Australia's got a lot to learn out of this, over relying on one source of income is a poor strategy. Now we have this conversation day in and day out with our clients of not relying just on your job as your source of income, one source of income, the easy one. You've got to have that spread to diversify. Yet we've built an entire economy based on our special relationship with China. We don't have a special relationship with China. It just happens to be cheap, easy money. And we've sold ourselves out education-wise, we've sold ourselves out resources-wise, and we've sold ourselves out farming-wise in favor of that manufacturing too, if you talk about holding closing down. All of those things are things that need to be reviewed because we can't have an economy that's got that country risk. Apple, and when Tim Cook and his board sit down and look at what's gone on here, I'd love to be a fly on the wall for that. Get down there to the infinite loop and, and see what's going on. <laughs> the conversations that they'll be having is we can't let this happen again where we're overly reliant on one source for componentry. And you know, with the US going into an election year, this is perfect fodder for the uh, incumbent president, President Trump, to be talking about build in America, keep America great, don't be exposed to this. And there's, there's actually a lot of wisdom that perhaps we should be considering here in Australia too, where we're not over relying on one particular party to ensure that their economy moves along. Because this time, you know, the Chinese economy certainly got us out of the GFC. We were the lucky country. You know, with the mining boom and the expansion of China this time, I think it's probably what's gonna put us in recession and this one's gonna bite. I think it's a really, really big precautionary tale. And I'm, I'm glad we got it all out on the table because we want anyone to know what's coming. It's our clients and the listeners of our podcast. Absolutely. Um, and look, it's, it's been a pleasure to get your take on this, AB. Mm. Is there any final words that you, wanna, that you wanna give? Any advice to how to play in the market and how to get ready for what's coming? I think if you're new to this, don't try and play it. You'll burn yourself pretty badly. This is a time for people that have got some uh, some runs on the board in terms of their, their skill set and, and experience. So I'd be very, very cautious about what I do. 
Um, I think defending any positions you have by buying protection is a no-brainer right now. Um, I don't think I'll be looking to buy on a bounce in this market, particularly at this point in time. That may change when the bounce happens. We'll see what goes on there. Um, and it's not a time to be brave and second-guess it and be the hero. This is a time to let this one play out and see where the marbles land on the ground and build your strategy around that because, yeah, you could be right or you could be wrong. And I don't like black or red. I like the odds a bit more stacked in my favor than that. And I think taking your time to see how this one plays out is gonna be key. And being patient, sometimes sitting out of the market is a very, very important part of investing successfully. Um, there'll be plenty of time to get back in. It's not gonna do a V-shaped recovery this time. And the Fed might cut rates again, although they can't because they're so <laughs> low already, there's not much room to cut. Um, there's no cavalry coming over the hill. Tax cuts, fiscal stimulus, this is something that really, really needs to happen. And if someone from Canberra happens to be watching this, it needs to happen now, not in three months, not in six months, it needs to happen now. We're very slow in terms of responding to the bushfire. And that's another Australian thing that, you know, they're all factors that pushed us to the edge of recession anyway. Bushfire, you know, generally slowing economy globally, and now this is the thing that's tipped us over the edge. And I, I hate to be a prophet of doom, but gee, it's, it's gonna be tough out there for a lot of people if they haven't taken the time to dig the well before they need the water. And it's real. And I think even if you're Kelly Slater, you've got to sit on the beach during a tsunami because you can't surf that. Love that one. Might try Absolutely. and recycle that sometime. <laughs> AB, look, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I think there's a lot of good messages and a lot of great information out there that might actually save a lot of people. So thank you very much. It's, it's been a pleasure. Pleasure, Mitch. Thanks very much. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed the Money and Investing show this week. It's a pretty heavy topic to consider. Not the most positive one, but a very, very important message to get out there. So make sure you give us a rating and a review so that more and more people can get exposed to the right information to help them secure their family's future. 